Well, Mama Maggie, watching that video brought back floods of memories from the time that my wife Amy and I spent with you in Cairo and traveled through just those neighborhoods and saw the amazing work that's going on through Stephen's children. And uh, I just know that uh, today, this opportunity that we all have to catch a glimpse of what God is doing uh, through this extraordinary ministry is also a window into the amazing work that is being done by our mission partners in ministries of this kind of impact the world over. Outside today, when you have the chance to visit the booths, you could stop by and say hello to Becky Stanley and meet someone who oversees a ministry that touches 700,000 children every single year. And the ministry partners of Christ Church are among the most dedicated uh, Christian servants that we know, and we are sitting in the presence of one of the very best today, and we just want to say welcome to Mama Maggie. <laughs> Mama Maggie, the ministry of Stephen's children touches so many different dimensions of children's lives. You provide education and mentoring, medical care and hygiene care. You offer a marvelous array of vocational training opportunities for kids, food and clothing, and most importantly, spiritual guidance to them. And uh, I just wondered, as you are out and about working with these children over time, um, what are some of the hopes and desires that you hear expressed by them? We wonder sometimes, do they have the same kinds of hopes that our children do? What are they feeling? And uh, what have you noticed as they've talked with you about their vision for the future? Do you know, God is love. He doesn't choose one part of me to love. He chose the whole me, even with my weaknesses and strengths. And uh, when we ask and touch any of uh, the children's lives, we ask them, what do you hope for? They say, nothing. It's like they are not even allowed to dream. And uh, if you tell them, don't you like anything, you wish for anything, a young girl would say, I would like to eat a tomato by myself. I would like to sleep one night on a bed by myself things that you cannot imagine and only God knows that he is hidden among these poor when we say poor it's not the poverty that I think any of us experience to be hungry every day and to be hungry for love and respect and self-esteem so we, it was true what was written in the Bible that whatever you're doing it to the least, you're doing it to me personally. We are touching Jesus himself. So thank you. Because of you, 
we are together can do the impossible. Amen. We had um, the opportunity to ask the children of our church what it is that they would especially want to ask you to talk about. And um, one of the questions that came from uh, little Isabel Yanez, one of our third graders, uh, was this question. She says, tell us, um, Mama Maggie, how you teach kids about Jesus and God, and what's the most important thing that you try to teach them? It's usually when you need something so badly, this is the thing that you are searching for. And they need love, true love. Mm. So what we say, that I love you, not because of me, because someone loved me once, and he still loves me, and he's sending me to be like him, and this, his name is Jesus. I know that um, the children's um, ministry of Stephen's children reaches out again and again to all of these thousands and thousands of kids in the slums by sending something like uh, well over a thousand workers out into the field. And on a regular basis, they are going to visit in the homes of these children and offering their aid and expressing uh, the vision of the kingdom of God to these kids. Um, as you personally are involved in this kind of work, as you answer the call of Jesus to care for the least of these and the lost and the last of this world, um, there must be some physical, emotional, spiritual toll that this takes. Uh, this is such a demanding environment. How, how do you uh, keep from burning out as you do this kind of work? I think you know better than anyone. You can give us your advice. <laughs> but I think any leadership uh, position needs uh, this uh, good advice yes. from you <laughs> and good care. And uh, the most important for not burning out even a mother in Mother's Day, I would like to say to every mother, happy Mother's Day. <laughs> and don't ever get burned out because when you fix your eyes on the reward that is coming one day, every bit of what you're doing, every intention of your heart, someone is watching. He knows exactly the cost in your life that you're paying to be right, to be good as your heavenly father. And one day he will, you will stand in front of the whole world and he will call your name. And the whole world, heaven and earth, will listen because of you have focused on your vision. Your vision, if it is to be a mother till the last moment of your life, you are a mother. Till the last moment, you are presenting love. Till the last, the worst time, no matter uh, how weak I am, no matter uh, 
my age, no matter my education, no matter what people are saying, just keep focusing till the last moment and you can see heaven open like Stephen in the Bible. The last minute he saw heaven open and the son of the Almighty who's always sitting on his throne, he stood up to receive his soul. And he will do the same for all of us. So what a day will be. Thank you. Thank you. I know that um, just the very description of that vision that we see described in Acts uh, in the life of Stephen uh, has been in a, in a very uh, poignant and profound way been repeated in our time through the experience of believers uh, in, in the Middle East. I, we followed here at Christ Church and all across America uh, with such profound heartache, the martyrdom of, uh, of so many believers in Libya um, recently. Uh, I know you had a, a connection actually to those men who lost their lives uh, at, at the hands of such awful violence. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about that connection and your perspective on what happened there in Libya that day? Do you know, uh, um, they are uh, young people from Upper Egypt, means small villages, and the education there is so limited and the resources is so limited. And we go every village and spend time with these children. Uh, when I say children, they are between 10 and 15. Um, and we gather them in groups uh, for camps. And uh, one of the last camps I was there, many of these uh, children, uh, they shout strongly they say, we love Jesus, we live and die for his name. And I thought they are doing this just in front of me. And uh, I went after that and prayed, God, can you keep this promise and keep their lives really faithfully till the very end to you? Because the whole ministry is not about providing food or clothes or education. All these are good or medical service. Mainly to see lives changing. And um, after a few weeks from my prayer, I knew some of these boys who were our children and accordingly your children and they went because they needed to have more resources to work in Libya and send the money to their families. And many of them, they are single parents. And then they spent like 40 days kept and they gave them the choice to renounce their faith and to become Muslims. And they will give them food because they kept them hungry for many days with no food and no water. They promised them a lot of money. They gave them even uh, girls to sleep with. They gave them all kinds 
either by torturing them or by temptation. And none of them accepted. Mm. And the last word, they put it on a video. They took them in a shore to slaughter them. And the last word, they all said, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And this will be a witness in the history that people, when they love Jesus, the last minute, the last word will be Jesus' name. And they gave us the lesson of our lives. What they have preached, but by sticking to their faith, to Jesus, no words will ever cover, not hundreds and millions of preachers can speak in the history like these children. They were 21 people, and that was a gift to me personally, because my birthday is 21. So Jesus wanted to tell a very personal message. And they are your children too. And after two days, when we knew what happened, everyone was crying. The third day, all villages started to celebrate. And they put music and dancing and singing and they said we are proud that we are mothers of martyrs what what can we do here to support the church that's undergoing this kind of persecution we sometimes feel very helpless that we should be doing something for our brothers and sisters undergoing such tribulation what, what do you feel they would hope and pray we would be doing here in the United States? I think we all can do a lot. The first thing that we can visit, because it's not that dangerous, like the news would say. No, we are living there all the time. But for you to come and see yourself, it's an eye-opening. It's like the presence of Jesus in you coming to the place. But mainly that you yourself, if you're not coming, you make a commitment that you open your Bible every day for the rest of your life. Because when we do that, we are joined in front of the heavenly throne, in front of God. And your new generation, your children, will be blessed because they know this is how we should live. We cannot do anything without God's word. The one who keeps my word, I will keep him safe in front of my father. And if you allow me to share a story, that 
I knew these people personally. A young boy who uh, lost his father when he was around seven years old. And he was very smart. But after that, he was so uh, angry with God that he doesn't have the father. And then when he grew up, after 20 years, he did everything wrong in his life. And one night, he was so upset with himself. It's like the prodigal son. He came back to himself and said, I cannot be the same son to the same father that I grew up with. While he was trying to sleep, he saw the vision of his father sitting, reading the Bible in front of him. And he couldn't believe his eyes. He turned his face the other side. He saw the same vision again. His father sitting, opening the Bible. And he said, how come such a good man of God has such uh, a devilish boy like me? While he was in deep trouble, he heard the door knocking. It was the middle of the night, and he went and opened the door. He found in front of him a priest. And he said, who told you to come to me now? He said, I felt for you. I heard you. You needed me. We, we were uh, colleagues in school together. And uh, I heard you calling my name. And then he entered, and then he started to cry and tell him all what he did. And he repent, and he become uh, a good servant of God. Just because of the image of the father sitting, opening the Bible every day. 20 years, he couldn't forget. Please, if you are committed to read your Bible every day, God will honor that for your children and grandchildren and grandchildren. And this is how the church will grow strongly in God. And also, if we pray for our pastor and his assistance every day, because Jesus said, when you do something to someone, you will it will be returned to you a hundred times. And we want God to bless us a hundred times of the little prayer that we can offer. Right? So we have many things to do on our own. And because of your life like that, you are changing the history. You are helping God's saving the lives of our world today. May God bless you. Thank you, Thank you dear one. I want to ask one last question. And this one comes from another one of our third graders, Adeline Georgelos. And it's important before she uh, poses this question for you to understand a little bit more of context. For those of you who may not know this, you, you encounter Mama Maggie and you see this radiant, gentle, lovely, quiet presence that seems almost from another world. 
Uh, but she didn't uh, begin that way. She was a child and a daughter of a wealthy family. Her, her husband is a, a respected physician. She was herself uh, a management consultant. <laughs> she was a professor of computer science at uh, American University in Cairo when the Lord uh, reached her heart and sent her life in a fresh direction. And Adeline's question, Mama Maggie, was, how did you know that it was you that God was calling to respond to the needs of these people? It's very important for all of us that we go and feel and smell the place that we dream of or the vision. So after my first visit to these places, I came back home um, crying and uh, I was literally sick for three days because only because of the smell. And uh, I said, God, I will not leave you until you uh, tell me how come you allow human being to live in such places. And they live and die with nobody knows who they are. And uh, the Bible is our treasure. So I opened the Bible and said, I'm not going to leave you until you show me you are a merciful God. I kept reading and reading and reading until when God speaks, you hear it. Mm. So we all need to hear him every day. That's why the Bible is my treasure. And the children come to you and say, we need you. So we go and have a vision and then open the Bible and then listen to the voice inside saying, what is it, God, that you want from me? Why did you allow me to see that? And he will tell you what to do. Some people will pray, some people will give, some people will visit, some people will serve. Each one of us has his own unique way that God will speak to. So please open the Bible and listen what God wants to tell you. And this is your treasure. Thank you. What great words of counsel. Well, as Tracy comes forward to, to lead us in prayer, shall we express our love and our appreciation for this dear friend today? Thank you. Thank you.